you really just have to say fuck it. You have to hit the fuck it button in terms of your life, your career, your love life, all of it. Because time is not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So you might as well do it now. And on top of that, you can't listen to outside noise because that's not going to allow you to hit the fuck button. for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast all about the shared experience of dating. I'm so excited for tonight's recording. I have Tina Ogallo. She's of In Your 20s podcast. We actually recorded an episode together for her podcast prior to this, and I can confidently say she is already killing her 20s, even though the majority of her 20s are still ahead of her. Tina, welcome. Thank you so much. Hello. It's so nice to be on the pod. Literally, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now after hearing that compliment. So thank you. <laughs> well, you have more than earned it. And yeah, I'm really excited for tonight's discussion. I feel like it's going to be great. And I wanted to kick off with asking you, what was the inspiration behind starting a podcast centered around your 20s? Oh, okay. Well, I'll try to give the short version of it. <laughs> so basically, it was December of 2019. I was doing my last internship of my senior year of college because I told myself, you know, senior year, junior year, I've been I was grinding for so long that it was like my last semester of college before, you know, you quote unquote entered the adult world. Mm-hmm. I want to just have fun. I was taking all online classes, and so this was my last internship. At this internship, I was pretty much in a cubicle all day, not really talking to anyone. So because I couldn't talk to anyone or because there was no one I could really talk to, I started listening to podcasts. And as I was listening to these podcasts, I was like, you know what? I'm so fascinated by this. I was like, and I love talking. Why do I not start one? (laughs) Then the question came of like, what am I going to talk about? This is where the idea of In Your 20s came about because I was winding down my internship and saying to myself, what's next for me? Like I Mm. have had this roadmap for the past over 16 years of like, you're going to go to school. You're going to do this this summer, X, Y, Z. And I I didn't know what to do once May 2020 was rolling around. Mm -hmm. So in January of 2020, I decided that I wanted to do a podcast surrounding by 20 somethings, kind of just giving advice to 20 somethings for things that they didn't learn in school. Mm-hmm. And so I started the podcast, took me a little bit of time because, you know, nervous and putting yourself out there. And then come around April of 2020 in quarantine, I was like, I have just turned 22. Let's freaking do this. Wow. I love that journey so much. And I also love the fact that you talked about, you know, there's no roadmap after you graduate, because I feel like I've often thought about the fact that when I was 17, that was the most carefree ever, because it was like, I had been working towards this goal for as long as I could remember. And I was like, great, like got into one of my dream schools, like can check that off. I know what I'm doing for the next four years. But then after that, it's like, shit, I don't know. You're on your own. You really have to just kind of put on your like big girl shoes and figure it out. So that's huge. Oh, yeah. And even my cousin and I always say that 17 was the best age of our lives thus far. And she's in her mid-30s. And she's like, no, no, no. no. (laughs) She's like, I'm still 17. I was like, okay. 
whatever you say. <laughs> oh my God. I will say it was like the most carefree I've ever been. Like not 17 at the start of my senior year, but like, you know, once those college acceptance letters rolled out, it was huge. It was huge. And in Jersey, you don't get your driver's license till 17. So that oh. was your first taste of freedom. That is a fun fact. I had no idea. We're the only state, I think, that doesn't give you your like full license at 16. That's so interesting. Wow. So another thing I wanted to touch on for anyone who, you know, wasn't doing the math, how old are you currently? I'm currently at 23 and a half. I love birthdays. So that's the reason why I had to say and a half. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, you, I think, are actually my youngest podcast guest thus far. I'm honored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like I said, like I never would have guessed you're just so mature and handle yourself so much better than I would have at 23. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, I, I'm not very good at like handling compliments <laughs> if you haven't picked up on that. So I just get like all shy. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, we can move past it. I'll try not to, you know, blow up your spot too much. So moving into your relationship history, what is your current relationship status? I am single as a Pringle. Oh, okay. And when you say single, are you like actively dating? Or are you just kind of like taking a pause on dating for now? You know, I always try to go on dating like pauses, but mm -hmm. I never actually do it because I'm craving to have that person. So I'd say right now, even though we're in the midst of cuffing season, I'm definitely more on the pause mm -hmm. side of dating. But I, you know, I do have a couple people in my pocket yeah. here and there. <laughs> I mean, I love that. Love to hear it. And so on your podcast, I know we talked about, you know, burnout and how much I experienced it. I've also talked about it a ton on my show. So I think it's great that you take pauses because it's just like not fun for anyone when you're like dragging yourself on these dates. So I think it's great that you're really self-aware about when you might need to take a step back so you can come back in, you know, guns blazing. Oh, yeah. I think especially like when it came to this summer, I was just going on so many dates that once September hit, I was like, I went on so many dates. I put myself out there and nothing really stuck. And mm -hmm. then that's not any... I mean, it could be a self-reflect, could need to self-reflect a little bit to be like, what's this reasoning? But at the end of the day, it was more so just like, I need to just sit back, relax, because you can only talk about yourself so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can only tell the same stories and same jokes so many times before you just hate to hear them. Exactly. Yeah. So when was your last relationship? My last relationship, if we want to consider it a relationship, I like to phrase it as a situationship, mm -hmm. was it ended and it wasn't even a full like closure, like, all right, this is over. It was more of a fade out ending, mm -hmm. but that kind of wrapped up in May and mm -hmm. I was seeing that person for a little over six months. Okay. Okay. So I guess like as you kind of reflect on people you've dated in the past, situationship or relationship, because I feel like they can both teach equally important lessons. Do you feel like any of them were particularly formative or they taught you anything that you take into your dating life present day? Yeah, for sure. So I like to say that this past person that I was with taught me a lot about 
being in my 20s and what I'm looking for right now. I also was in a situationship. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm a serial situationshipper. <laughs> um, but that situationship when I was like 18 or 19, but that one lasted for almost two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've learned to not do that again. <laughs> so then with this guy, I made my intentions clear by around the eighth date. We had been seeing each other for about three months at that point. And I really said to him like, hey, I'm into you. And I haven't felt this way in a while. And the last time that did happen, I was in this whole limbo for a really long time. And that's just something I don't want to do again. And I mm-hmm. said to him, if you want to be exclusive, if you want to put a label on this, I'm down. But if you're not interested, like I just want to know now. We decided to be exclusive and we were exclusive for about a month and a half. And <laughs> I did a little takesies backsies. <laughs> <laughs> It's not final sale, you know? You can still get a refund on this. Exactly. And I I wanted that refund. I wanted my money back because with with that conversation of exclusivity, I wasn't expecting a full commitment, but I was expecting Mm. at least just a little bit more energy, a little bit more like we're going to make it a plan to not have to see each other once every two weeks Mm. because I live in Jersey and where he lives is in New York City, but you can see the Empire State Building from my apartment. Like we're very mm-hmm. close right across the river. And I was like, that's not enough for me. And it's like, we can do yeah. as many FaceTimes, but this isn't a long distance relationship. You are yeah, a 30 yeah. minute train ride away. Honestly, and, yeah. So I think with that past situation or relationship, however you want to phrase it, I kind of just really learned that setting intention is so important because mm-hmm. Even though I said takes these backs for that exclusivity after about a month or two, I was still talking to him and like mm-hmm. seeing him and dating him for another three or four months after that. Mm-hmm. So I really learned to just be open. And also, this is a rule that everyone says, everyone tells you all the time, but I just needed to learn it for myself. You cannot fix anyone and you can mm. try to tell someone how to be better or what they might need to do in order to be better. But if they don't take those steps themselves, it's not going to work. But, you know, at least I got a Baby Yoda stuffed animal and a matching mug out of it. (laughs) Okay, there you go. You came up with some positives there. But honestly, I think just hearing everything that you said, it really does show that you did really learn a lot from, again, that two-year situationship. It's like such a great opportunity to take away something, which you did. You were like, yeah, I don't want to go through this again. So here's how I'm going to kind of approach the situation differently. And stating your intentions, I think, is something that I didn't get comfortable doing until I was much more experienced in the dating realm because I didn't really have any serious relationships early on. So I feel like it took me a while to flex that muscle. And it's so important to just get comfortable stating what you want and then seeing if someone can kind of live up to those expectations. Oh, definitely. And like, even so, me and that person, we didn't talk for the entire summer. And then, oh, you're going to get mad at me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. Oh, gosh. So he had randomly texted me at 2 a.m. And he knew Uh, he doesn't have a lot of social media. I am still, mm -hmm. I'm technically a Gen Z. I'm the oldest of Gen Z. I do have a Mm -hmm. Snapchat. And Mm -hmm. when I'm going out at night, I only post my Snapchat. It's just like, Oh, making jokes here and there. The only social media he has is Snapchat, and he's a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. And so he saw that I was having fun with all my friends. It was like mm. one of my best nights in a while. Like, I had my mm-hmm. home friends, my college friends, my post college friends all together. It was great. 
And he sends me this text. I'm like, oh, here we go. My one <sighs> guy friend is like, Tina, don't <laughs> respond. Don't say anything. And I'm stubborn <laughs> as heck. Mm-hmm. I responded. And I was like, why are you texting me right now? Basically all this stuff. Yeah, and call him out. The Honestly, I was so proud of myself at the end of that. But yeah, because I said to him, I was like, even though I'm accepting your apology, because we did end up just fading out over time mm-hmm. because, you know, he just wasn't ready. But I said to him, I'm so thankful, but I can't fully accept this apology because I don't know what your intentions are. You're texting me yes. at 2 a.m. This is not it. Right? Yeah. Do better. Here's where you're going to get mad. So he texted me and then I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about him for three weeks. I was going on dates and mm-hmm. I just couldn't get that conversation out of my head. Yeah. So I also did a nice little drunk text mm. and I made sure I was sober. Okay. Like I drank a lot of water before I click send, but okay. I just wrote out like three paragraphs and not very long paragraphs. These mm-hmm. paragraphs were like two or three sentences each because mm-hmm. I, I know y'all know when you get paragraphs and paragraphs <laughs> and that gray is popping up. It's overwhelming. It ain't cute. It's so overwhelming. <laughs> And I really just said to him, like, I'm thankful for the experiences that we shared. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sucks that didn't work out because I truly thought I was going to have a future with this guy. Mm -hmm. But I was like, at the end of the day, it didn't work out. I hope you're doing better than the last time we were seeing each other. And like, I don't want to burn this bridge. So just know that I'm always there for you. Okay. Because I like to be on good terms with everyone that I date. I feel like it's really weird if you just never speak to each other ever again. I agree. I feel like it's really tough. It takes a lot of maturity, I feel like, on both sides. And, like, you can't have one person who's bitter because then it's not going to work. But, yeah, no, I agree. If you can maintain, like, at least a cordial relationship, I feel like that's huge. Honestly, like, nothing that you said makes me mad. I'm like, that's all great. You know, you weren't just kind of, like, fawning over him and not putting yourself out there. Like, you can't help how long it takes you to mourn a relationship and the fact that you were still actively dating. I feel like that probably sped along the process. And, like, if you need to get your closure, you have to get closure. And I think that's totally respectable. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so your response was way better than my roommate's. (laughs) (laughs) I told her originally, I was like, I'm going to text him. I just don't know when. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Tina, absolutely not. Like, that's a bad idea. (laughs) You're opening up a can of worms. But I had to tell her, I was like, I'm the type of person, even though I know closure is different to everyone, it's like I was dating other people after him, but I just needed to say my piece. And now I'm good. Am I going to be texting him every day? Absolutely not. Maybe like two years time. But if I run into him in New York City, there will not be a single tear in a bay. Yes. And it's not awkward also. That's huge. Also, I feel like your roommate is always going to be harder on you, right? Because it's like she's seen you go through all the ups and downs and like has heard the bad stories. And I feel like she's just like, I don't want to deal with this again. So I get where she's coming from. But I think you handled it well. There were a lot of bad stories. And literally, I think within my first couple months of seeing him, at first she liked him. And then we had this one event (laughs) where we were supposed to watch a football game, the three of us, because she's going to third wheel us. But she did it willingly. Mm -hmm. And he was like an hour late because his communication (sighs) was just so bad. Yeah. And I was like, "Uh oh, and here comes the thunder. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's not great. Can't upset the best friend or roommate. It's just not going to work out. No, it's not. It's not. I have a friend and I feel kind of bad bringing this up because we already talked about this when I interviewed her. But like the first time I met her ex-boyfriend, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? It was like he came over to our place and he was just like drunk and so just like short and unfriendly. And it ended up being a horrible match. So I was like, that was the first red flag, honestly. 
if they can't get along with my best friend and she knows this, I always bring them before they get to meet any of my friends. She has to meet them first and she has to vet them Mm -hmm. to see what the vibe is. And I will, I do this move every time and she knows it. Mm -hmm. She'll be in the living room or she'll be in her bedroom. I'm like, come out, say hello. (laughs) They start chit chatting. And then I figure out a way to be like, I'm going to use the bathroom real quick. And I leave the two of them alone. Okay. That's (laughs) genius. And I have to say, like, I'm throwing my old roommate under the bus and it's like, no, actually I also dated someone who she was like, he sucks. And he did. And unfortunately I dated him for like two and a half years, but whatever. We moved past that. So we all have that person in our life. And it's the best person, no matter how many times you might argue. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So I kind of want to like, you know, circle back to like what it was like to date in college for you. And I feel like your stage of dating, I feel like I have a personal connection to dating at 23, just because that was the age when like I had my first real boyfriend, if I'm being honest, like high school relationships, like I didn't have anything serious. I didn't have a serious boyfriend in like college even. It was really just like went on a few dates, like had a friends with benefits, like made out with a few people, you know? So I just feel like it's a very pivotal age. And so kind of wanted to circle back and hear where did you go to school and what was the dating scene like while you were in college? So I went to Rutgers University in New Mm -hmm. Jersey. There's three campuses. I went to the main one or the largest one that's in New Brunswick, Central Jersey. As you guys can tell, I'm a very big Jersey girl. I love this (laughs) state. Come visit. They might call us the armpit, but honestly, we're a great time. (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) It's so rude. And it's always the New Yorkers who say it too. Oh my gosh. I'll save that for another day. (laughs) (laughs) The dating culture was pretty much everyone knew everyone, even though it was a very big school. I think the amount of undergrads we had was 15,000. Mm, so okay. I was in a yeah, I was in a sorority too, and that's when the bubble really got smaller because mm-hmm. you would go to a bar and you'd hear, "Oh, this person was hooking up with this person a couple of days ago." Mm-hmm. Or like, "Oh, this person took Tim to date night, but mm. um Tim was supposed to be taking who like Candace to a different date night, something Mm -hmm. random like that. So, but I, everyone knew everyone's business. I personally made it a, like a very big attempt to make sure no one except my close friends knew of my business Mm -hmm. because it's no no one else. It's no one else's business to be (laughs) worried about me. And it got to the point at one time that my friend was talking to this girl and she was like, does Tina pull? Does like Tina even get anyone? Uh, Which first of all is what? such a so rude. Such yeah. a rude question to ask. Like also, why is she so concerned with your like sex life or dating life? It's because one of the guys that I brought to a date night, she was trying to get with while mm. I was there. Wow. Sneaky. Shady. Very shady. But my friend was like, no, actually, like, and she gave, she didn't give my body count, but she gave a list of yeah. people because my friend was just so mad for me that yeah. she was like, no, no, here are the receipts. And mm-hmm. honestly, I was proud of my friend because I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. I would have been like, are you going to question me? Not that I have to prove myself, but no. it's like, I just don't care to flaunt what's going on in my love life mm-hmm. because also I'm very protective of my heart and I don't mm-hmm. want anyone 
talking crap about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I ironically, now that I have a dating podcast, I feel like it sounds silly to say this, but I do feel like I'm generally a more private person. Like even my friends would be like, yeah, you're a little bit sketch because you don't talk about this stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'll talk about it when there's something that's materializing as serious. But before then, I don't need to be like having everybody know, oh, she made out with this person. She hooked up with this person. Like there's no point. Exactly. Why, why, how is that going to benefit anyone except for my gyno? Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> the only person who needs to know outside of you. Exactly. Yeah. So to fully age myself, when I was in college, like dating apps really weren't a thing. And I remember the first time I heard of anyone going on Tinder, it was like, I just graduated. It was 2012 or something. And so the fact that you went to college with dating apps and you had Lyft and Uber, I'm like, oh my God, it's a whole different world. So how prevalent were dating apps in college, given that you could also just like meet people at social events and like fraternity, sorority, like mixers and all of that? Oh girl, the T and Tina stands for Tinder. Let's go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I To the point that I was actually a Tinder rep my senior year of were college. Were you really? Wait, what did that yeah. entail? We were just throwing events on campus and it would be like there was for a tailgate one time we went to a frat and we were throwing out McDonald's, McMuffins or whatever wow. along with Amazing. free Tinder stuff. Honestly, I loved it. Like That was one of my <laughs> favorite college jobs. But yeah, I was on the apps as soon as I turned 18, honestly. Okay. And so I turned 18 in April of 2016 and mm-hmm. – I was on the apps, and then when I got to college, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to be on these apps more. Bumble wasn't a thing yet, neither was Hinge, so it was mainly just Tinder. And that's mm-hmm. where I think that bad rep for being a hookup mm-hmm. app, mm-hmm. because for example, the guy I had mentioned earlier that I spent almost two years with, I met him on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And like a mm-hmm. lot of the people that I formed relationships or like was romantic with, I met on Tinder. And it mm-hmm. was like sometimes we'd go on dates, sometimes we didn't. The Tinder culture and the dating app culture is totally – I loved it in college, if I'm being honest. I know Mm -hmm. one of my friends, she would, on purpose, every night before we'd go out, she'd go on her phone and she'd swipe. She would swipe for just five minutes. Oh, my God. Because – Yeah, because then those people would see her profile before she goes out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I didn't even realize – Killing the game. I didn't even realize this, that she was doing this until I think (laughs) – Two weeks before everything got shut down, oh. I was like, you waited until our senior year to tell me this pro tip <laughs> oh my when God. I can't even see anyone. Yeah, but the dating apps were fun. I think Bumble came on campus my senior year. Mm-hmm. Hinge, no one used Hinge in college, though, because oh. everyone was also afraid because Hinge was the app that – and it's still known as the app where you form a relationship with someone. Yeah. So. That's fascinating. Okay. So like, what was your mindset? Like, were you like, oh, I hope I find a relationship or were you more just like, no, I just want to meet people. And like, if it turns into that cool, but it wasn't like necessarily a goal. It wasn't a goal when I was in college. It was Mm -hmm. like, let's see how this works out. Like maybe I'll vibe with them. Maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. I think I met maybe five people 
from the apps that weren't actual like students okay. or they weren't my actual year mm. because our college town was in the middle of a larger city mm-hmm. within New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So it was like you'd sometimes get locals. And then also because it was the state university, yeah, everyone and their mothers would be visiting every month or oh, like every yeah, week. Yeah. So you were always having an influx of people. Mm. But towards the end of my senior year, I think that's when I started to pivot away from the apps and more towards meeting people through my friends where it was like, oh, this is my first time out of bar or like I'm meeting all these different people. That was so – oh, when I turned 21 (laughs) that first year, I'm just really mad COVID came in when I was about to be fresh out of college living my – best life <laughs> oh my god honestly a game changer like i remember when i started going to bars i was like what like i don't have to go to like frat quarterlies to meet people anymore you know like oh it's so much fun it was also great because like when you just turn 21 everyone is older than you yeah so i was flirting with everyone i was yeah. like mm, don't even have to ask because i already know he's older than me yeah you're so right yeah unless he has a fake id but like even then what he's like 20 no nope, not a big deal my brother's a year younger than me. So for me, um, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. So what age range do you date now? Like, who are you looking for? Is there a wide range? Or are you looking for like a shorter range of people? I am always willing to like meet someone because like you said, I do sometimes come off as mature and I've had other people say that to me where it's like, I don't want someone who doesn't know how to make a date or communicate. Yeah. Like I don't have time for that. So my mm-hmm. age range as of now is about I'd go as old as like I'd say 6 7 years. Okay, okay. So probably if they were in their early 30s, mm-hmm. that's about as high as I'd go mm-hmm. as far as how I'd go. <laughs> I'm so dramatic. <laughs> my rule was 6 months younger, but okay. I switched it so now it's eight months younger because someone oh. changed. But they're still – they were oh. born December of my so. <laughs> Not that big of a difference. interesting guy. Okay. Oh, my – if only you heard the nicknames I give for him. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I'm so curious now. <laughs> I mean, I just – okay, and I, hopefully he doesn't listen to this <laughs> because he's going to know that it's him. Yeah. But I call him um, Harvard Law Daddy – because he's gonna go to harvard wow and he's going to be a lawyer and what he's gonna do he has his whole plan set up he's gonna start off in corporate law so he can pay off all that Mm. debt because you know an ivy is not cheap and then he's gonna switch into and i could be totally wrong but more like humanitarian civilian law Mm. and i was like So he has to stay. (laughs) Yes. I mean, a strategic and a good heart. Like, what a combo. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. And I also love that you're, like, open to dating older people. But I literally have a couple of friends, two in particular. They're, like, 28. And they – the idea of, like, dating someone who's, like, 30 to them is, like, unheard of. And I'm, like – Okay, A, rude, I'm 30, and we hang out, and it's fun. And also, like, what? Like, do you really want to deal with guys who are, like, I don't know. I feel like 28-year-old guys are just, like, not always mature. Like, you really never know, honestly. So, like, why not open yourself up to someone who knows how to date, isn't playing games, like, isn't really playing the field anymore because they both say they want relationships. So, I don't get it, but. Well, and here's the other thing. So, I've always been into, like, older guys. At first, my range was, let's go, like, 15 years older. 
And I say that mm-hmm. because my parents are 12 years apart. Oh, yeah. Now, as I'm getting older, I'm like, no, I kind of want to close that gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I will say I have a prediction and, you know, the universe and I'm also religious. So God might have a different plan for me. But mm-hmm. I am qu- convinced that I'm going to marry someone who was born in 1994. There, I said it. 1994. Interesting. Okay. Wow. And it's because all of my celebrity crushes growing up were born in 1994. So I'm just, it's there. Okay. Like who, for example? Okay. So granted, don't forget, I had these crushes when I was younger. Some of them I still have. No judgment. No judgment. But we've got Justin Bieber. We've got Mm -hmm. Jake T. Austin. We've got Harry Mm -hmm. Styles. The last guy I was basically dating was born in 1994. Um, Yeah, I think there's some more, but those are like the top four that come to mind right off the bat. I think Diggy Simmons was also born in 1994. Okay. I'm going to have to like circle back with you in a couple years and be like, when was your husband born? Tell me now. (laughs) I'll be like, oh. The audience needs to know. Don't worry. We're going to come back. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a TLC show or something about it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) This just in. Oh my gosh. So, okay. We talked a lot about your dating experience in college, but fast forwarding to present day, what would you say is your current balance of like meeting people on the apps versus meeting people in real life? Okay. So the apps, I go on the apps at least once a day. And I do that Mm -hmm. because I want to be intentional with my dating and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be in a relationship if I'm not at least swiping. You know, you can yeah. meet someone at a bar. Granted, the bars I go to, the music is so loud, I'm not going to hear anyone. So <laughs> I do rely on the apps here and there. And so that's why I like to check them at least once a day. As far as mm-hmm. how many people I'm meeting, I try my best to go on when I'm like actively dating. I try to go on mm-hmm. one or two dates a week. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm chilling because I'm not in the mood to have that 1,000th first date conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, I think that's a good balance, but I do have some rules when it comes to dating. And like one of them is that I will never have a first date or even a second date on a weekend. Like I refuse. Okay. I love that because I had a couple of first dates that were on like a Friday or Saturday. And then if they wound up being a dud, I was so annoyed because I was like, I could have been spending time with my friends. Maybe I could have like gone out and like met someone in person. And instead I had to spend like two plus hours with this person and like for what? So I love that rule. For what? And the only reason there are some exceptions to that rule, but I always make sure that they know that I have plans. Mm, The exception only falls on a Friday or a Mm -hmm. Sunday. It's never going to be on a Saturday. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I did have my first date with my boyfriend on a Saturday, but we had a FaceTime date before. So I know we kind of talked about that before, but I was like super excited for this first date. So I was like, yeah, like I'm fine with having it on a Saturday. And I did actually have plans to meet up with a girlfriend after that. See, I love FaceTime dates. And that's the one thing the pandemic, if there's any positive to come out of it. I wish more people would just do FaceTime dates. Why are we wasting our money? And by we, I mean the person I'm seeing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's be clear. Yeah. But seriously. I just, there was one guy that I was talking to at the beginning of the pandemic and we had matched on an app. We exchanged numbers. We were texting all the time. And then one Mm -hmm. time you're like, we obviously can't see each other for like a couple more weeks because 
he was living at his parents and I was still living in school with all of my mm-hmm. girlfriends. So you're like, mm-hmm. we don't want to risk anything. And yeah. we FaceTimed. We ended up FaceTiming like every night for three weeks. Wow. I was like literally would fall asleep on the phone. I don't even know how I get myself in these situations. (laughs) And then towards the end, he came over once. We realized that we were just not a match because Mm. politics was involved and a couple of other things. And I was like, okay. We're like, no, this is not it. (laughs) Uh, That is tough because it's like you have to strike that balance of like maybe one or two FaceTime dates, but then there are some things that don't necessarily translate or won't come up until you see them in person. So then it's kind of like you want to strike that balance so you don't feel like you wasted a ton of time with this person only to be let down when you actually meet up. Exactly. And I think now that we're allowed – for now, allowed to go outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not now. as bad. I think the beginning of quarantine, especially, that's when everyone was like, any attention I can get, I'm going to get it. There was yes. one time I had a guy. <laughs> oh, gosh. There was one time I had a guy come over. We had just gotten back. So when everyone had the stay at home order, mm-hmm. it was maybe a couple days towards the end of my spring break of my senior year. And I'd only been on one spring break prior and I was on this spring break. I'm totally going to incriminate myself right now, but (laughs) we were in Miami. Was I one of those people who was being absolutely disgusting and belligerently (laughs) drunk? Absolutely not. Do you think, y'all, I'm smart enough (laughs) not to go on national television and say how I just want to get drunk and have a good time and spring break. Who cares? No. Oh my God. Yeah. That's like the old MTV days when like people just did not give a shit about their personal image or like being professional in the future. At all. And so like me and my friends, we cut our trip our, our, we cut our trip short because of that. So when mm-hmm. we were all back, because all of us were quarantining in our college town, but we were, weren't even seeing each other. We were staying in our respective houses. And there was one guy I'd met on spring break who went to my school. And I was like, you know, I don't feel that great. And it ended up just being a cold from like the traveling and whatnot and just being around so many mm-hmm. people. But he had delivered me cough medicine, soup, oh. Brussels sprouts. He went to the grocery store and he oh said God. that it was, oh, because he needed some stuff. No, no, no. All of the bags he was carrying was for me and he no. left them on my doorstep. Oh, I'm not getting that anymore. Oh my God, what a cutie. I know it didn't work out with him either, but it's fine. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> You know, it's fine. It's like nice to have those like those memories, whether it works out or not. That's so cute. Each guy that I've talked to or dated or saw, they've all taught me a lesson in some regards, whether it's about myself, mm. about the kind of person mm-hmm. that I want. And him delivering me groceries when I was not feeling the best and didn't have a car, or actually I wasn't mm-hmm. even I just wasn't going to grocery stores because I didn't want to. And him to do that, I was like, that's the type of care that I want my future partner to have. Yes, I love that because you can take little positives from each person and remember, okay, like this is the combination of like traits and behaviors that I want in my eventual partner. Exactly. And then when I become a witch one day, I'm going to put all those little things. (laughs) (laughs) It is spooky season. Now's the time. Oh, the reason why I even said that was because I was just watching the Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode. So. (laughs) So good. Yeah, I'm in like full Halloween mode. Love that. I just decorated my (laughs) apartment and like not to be dramatic, Halloween is my favorite holiday. So I'm content now. I cannot resist a Halloween discussion. But (laughs) going back to like you talking about how you meet people out sometimes, but like going to bars, it can be tough because to your point, 
it's loud. It's not always like the best environment. And so I was curious about your success rate at meeting people out because I feel like for me, when I would go to the bars when I was single, the conversion rate of like people actually asking you out on a date was pretty low. Like the people who would actually follow up were usually like the guys who I didn't even want to see. So that raises the question of like, why did I give my number in the first place? Whole other conversation, but would love to hear about what your experience is like. The conversion rate is pretty much the same. <laughs> like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I definitely think I'm more of the person who puts herself out there where I will go up to someone okay. at a bar I'll usually comment on what they're wearing or maybe like there's this one time there was a guy and he was wearing, which I don't even know what sports team he was wearing for his hat, <laughs> but I went up to him and I said, are you a insert name here fan? And he goes, no, mm-hmm. I just like the hat. And I said, oh, good, <laughs> because I thought we were going to have to fight or something like that. <laughs> love that oh my god that worked so well and he was like oh really and I said yeah like and he goes what fan are you and I told him and that just started up a conversation he asked for my number and Mm -hmm. we follow each other on all the social medias now I'm not gonna lie to you I am maybe in love with this man like he is the one person that I've met at a bar that I cannot get out of my head and my roommate is like Tina what like you He's not even <laughs> he's, he's not he's definitely my kind of guy but she's mm-hmm. like I don't know what you see and I'm like no this is <laughs> this is my man his nickname cuz you always have to give a nickname his yeah. is spicy white because oh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm already making inferences <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it's just a lot uh, my friend is like do we even know what he is are you sure he's not just white <laughs> And I'm like, no, but that's why you add the spice. (laughs) Yeah, it's like an intangible. Like, you don't know. So you have to add that variable in there. You have to add it. But besides him, like other people, when I meet them at bars, I am someone who I'll just give my number out. So I'm like, if Mm -hmm. they're willing to ask for it, like, you know what? Let's try it. Let's see if it works. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, even though meeting people at bars is fun, getting that date is so difficult where it's like, also – Especially this, I'm talking from a heterosexual perspective, like meeting mm-hmm. into guys. I don't want to have to reach out to the guy the next morning because no. sometimes I, I'm going to be honest, I won't remember what they look like. That's mm-hmm. why I try to always ask, would you want my number, my Instagram? The ones mm-hmm. who say okay. both are the ones where I'm like, okay, this is good because that way they're going to remember me and they're yes. going to make the inference. Whereas yeah. Just a number. Sometimes you can't remember unless they've really made an impression. And just an Mm -hmm. Instagram, they might just be super vain and just be looking at you to see like if you look the same way that you do on social media or something along those lines. How many followers do you have? Whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, dating in person and at bars is definitely difficult, but you kind of just have to not give a fuck. You have to learn the art of not giving a fuck in order to be like, sometimes you may get rejected. I went to the yeah. bar a couple days ago and I saw one of my friends who I hadn't seen in years, gave him a hug. I saw that he was with a couple of other people and I saw someone that I was like acquaintances with. I would at least consider him an acquaintance because I know of mm-hmm. him, thought he knew of me. And so I was like, you know, I've never said hi to him. Let me just tap him mm-hmm. on the shoulder and say hi. Tapped him on the shoulder. He looks at me, smiles, gives me a nod and turns back to his conversation with his guy friends. I was like... <gasps> The audacity. The audacity. I was, and that's 
that's it. But guess what? And I don't know which influencer has said this or where this quote comes from, but rejection is redirection. Cause you know what? I instead Aww. found someone else that night that I was like, okay, yes. we'll see. He lives in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and I don't live there, but all my friends do. Yeah. So we're okay. Okay. currently planning out when we're going to see each other. So you never know. Great. I love this. I feel like you dropped so many great tidbits there. Like, first of all, rejection is redirection. So true. I do agree that you really have to put yourself out there. And like, again, speaking from like a heterosexual female standpoint, when I was single, to give that caveat, I would like talk to people, you know, like I would say something to a guy if they caught my eye. I'm not going to like hit on them, you know, like that's just not my style. Like no shade if it is your style. I actually really respect that. It just wasn't for me. I felt like it would be super unnatural. But like, even something as simple as like saying hi or like making a comment on something like how you commented on that guy's hat. Like if there's mutual interest, that is going to be enough to lead to something. So you just kind of have to like get out of your own head to put yourself out there and like make it known that you're open to talking to this person and then let it progress. And it's also if you're too hesitant to go up to someone, what art that I'm also really great at is making the eyes with someone. Eye contact is the best thing. And my roommate, I know I keep bringing her up, but we are attached at the hip. Like we're always out together. Mm -hmm. She's gotten to the point that she knows when I find someone attractive because she sees Mm. the eyes. My eyes change. She's like, put your sexy eyes away. (laughs) She's like, we're not here to meet people. (laughs) I'm like, girl, you might not be but I'm always on a mission. Let's figure out who's the next. Always on the prowl. Always. I'm like, who is going to break my heart next? Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right though. The eyes are key because if you sustain eye contact with someone, as long as you're not being creepy, it's like, oh, it's on. Like, let me go talk to this person. I was just out recently on Friday and I hadn't been to this bar since before the pandemic. I was just like people watching, loving it. And I like would accidentally make eye contact with people as I was people watching. I was like, nope, nope. I'm actually not trying to meet people tonight, so I need to look away. <laughs> well, see, it's you have to start with the eyes, and then if you do want to meet that person, then you give a soft smile. Yes, it doesn't have to be yes. full teeth. No, no. But just a soft smile Hopefully or not. smirk. Full teeth is like a little too, too thirsty, I think. It's too thirsty. I love a good wink and a smirk. A wink. That's bold. I don't think I've ever winked at somebody that I don't know. I've just – it's also because I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah. No, I'm like really impressed. I feel like I wish that we could go out together so we could see you in action. Okay, fine. I'll fly out to LA. Yes. Twist my arm. You have a place to stay. We're going out. <laughs> Let's do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So kind of, I would love to hear more about what it's kind of like within your friend group. Cause you mentioned like your friend said like, okay, we're not here to meet people tonight. Since you're in your early twenties, are most of your friends single and like trying to mingle and put themselves out there? Do you have a lot of friends in relationships? Like what is the status there? You know, the friend group has slowly been changing and I kind of don't like it Mm. as in we were all really single and then we had a few that were in relationships, but now more of them are starting to get in relationships, more are starting to talk to people seriously. And the reason why I say I hate it, and this is no shade to my friends mm-hmm. because all of the people that they're in relationships with, I love. Like they are great additions to our friend group. Mm-hmm. But it's the way that sometimes when you're in a relationship, people act. Mm-hmm. And so I make this joke often like, ugh. I wish I could be single forever. Like I hate when people are in relationships Mm -hmm. just because of the way things change. Mm. Like one time we were supposed to go out with two of our taken friends Mm -hmm. and they were like 
yeah, we're going to go out. They were so receptive all day. Okay. 7 p.m. hits. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're going to get ready. We're going to head over to the bars at 9. We're not hearing anything from them, and it's mm. 8.45. Oh. We're like, are you, what's going on? Are you guys coming? Mm-hmm. And yeah, here's the beauty of Find My Friends. <laughs> Since they weren't responding, we were like, let's check out where they are. <laughs> we see them and the boyfriends all at their respective apartments. No. And I'm just like – it's the communication gets better with the person you're in a relationship with. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes the communication with your friends starts to dwindle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always get nervous when I get close to someone because I'm like, I don't want that to be me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying everyone in a relationship does that, but I've just noticed that with my friend mm-hmm. group. But nonetheless, if we're planning a girl's night or if we're planning a night where if you want to bring your boyfriends, you can, but we're trying to have a thoughty night. Yeah. And come and hang out, get low with us. We don't care. Be our wingman. They'll do it. I live right across the river from New York City. A bunch of my friends live in New York City. That place is our freaking playground. So we try to go out and have fun together as much as possible. But it's it's weird. As I'm about to enter my mid-20s, I definitely see people are getting more serious about dating. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, I thought it was just me. But like everyone's doing it. And no one's talking about it. Yeah, they're just silently making moves. Silently making moves. And I it's just one after the other where it's like, yeah, this guy I'm kind of seeing. And then a month later, it's yeah, we're dating and up with labels. I'm like, <laughs> like, what? How? Oh my gosh. And here I am talking to people for six months without a label. <laughs> mm. Honestly, though, I feel like that's kind of normal at that stage for it to be like everyone's all over the place and like When I first graduated college, it was so fun because I feel like everyone was going out. Everyone was like open to talking to guys, you know, at the very least. And then when I was 23, I got in like that first relationship that I mentioned and I was in back-to-back relationships. So I was like taken until I was 27. And then my second relationship ended and I was like, fuck, like I'm single at 27. And it wasn't even that it was like, oh, 27 so old. Like I have this biological clock. Like that wasn't even my primary concern. I'm just like, it's not going to be the same to be single when most of your friends are in relationships and like, aren't going out like that. Cause even if they go out with you, the energy is different when it's like one or two single girls in a group and like the other girls aren't open to talking to people. It just like throws off the dynamic. So honestly, that was a little bit stressful and it felt kind of like isolating. And not that any of my friends made me feel bad about being single. It was really just like feeling that tangible shift of like our dynamic and the types of activities we would do. And that's also the thing, like our first year out of college was spent in quarantine when nothing was open. Mm -hmm. So coming out of quarantine, we're over here thinking like everyone's going to be, woo, let's do it. Let's have a great time Mm -hmm. and let's just live our lives. But it's more so that shift is coming of like wanting to settle down, settle down without us experiencing that let's just be wild and not care and just have some fun and kiss whoever yeah. and meet whoever. Now we got to freaking ask, where's your vaccination oh card? Oh my God. Buzzkill. Such a buzzkill. Like so necessary, but yeah, it's not quite the vibe of pre-COVID. It's definitely funny when like, and not to bring politics into this, but it's so funny when it's like, oh, so are you vaccinated? And the answer is no. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's so awkward. Personally for me, 
Yeah, and obviously in New York, like everywhere, you basically have to have your vaccination yeah. card. But for the ones who don't, I'm like, oh, okay, fun. Well, let me know when you get yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's like the end of the conversation because also like you can't do anything. Like, how are you going to take me out if you don't have your vaccine? Or if like something happens, and I mean, God forbid, the vaccine isn't going to protect you fully yeah. from not getting COVID. Yeah. You can still possibly get it. It's just not going to make the symptoms mm-hmm. worse. But like, I have my parents who I see almost every two yeah. weeks. And one of them is immunocompromised. Like, I'm not risking yeah, that. So definitely not worth it. It's about personal preference. Yeah. But it is. It is. They just kind of self-eliminated, which is fine. That's their choice. It's totally fine. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So another question I have for you. So let's say someone were to tell you the next person you get in a relationship with is going to be the person you spend the rest of your life with. How would you feel? And I ask that just because... I feel like when I was 23, I started dating this person who was like 25, 25 and a half. I would say I was a slightly, I'll say youthful, not immature, but youthful 23 year old. And he was very mature for his age. So he was always like concerned because I think he was on the track of like, I want to find my wife. Like if we are in a relationship and it's going well, like this is it. And not to say I was like, oh, no, I'm actively thinking about when we're going to break up and who I'm going to date next. I just wasn't really on that same page. Like, oh, yeah, like maybe you'll be my husband and like planning ahead in that regard. So would love to hear like what is your mindset and like how do you feel about potentially settling down with someone who you found and connected with right now? I am such an anomaly because I've literally seen so many posts saying the exact opposite of what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you told me that, I would be ecstatic. I'd say I am on my life plan that I created for myself Mm -hmm. where I'm married at the age of 28 or engaged by 27, married at 28, Mm -hmm. two years with me and my husband, and then I start popping out four kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I have that idea in my head. But then when I think, like, am I going to meet my person soon, like at 23, where that could be the person I'm marrying. Mm -hmm. I would say that my answer is no, I don't think I'm going to meet Mm -hmm. them, but I wouldn't cancel it out fully. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally Because I think it's, you never know what life's going to throw your way, but hey, if that person ends up being the one, I'll say, shoot, that is, (laughs) I'd be so, yeah, I'd be happy as heck. Yeah. Honestly, I love that answer. And I feel like looking back, you know, who's to say that like, maybe if the person I was dating at 23 were the right person, maybe I would have been like thinking more relationship minded, like down the line. And like, I don't know, who knows? It's like, I do agree that like, you shouldn't throw it away. If you do feel like it's the right match, it's just, it is really key for it to be the right match. And also going back to you being really mature, I feel like one important thing before you settle down with a one is like, finding yourself. And I feel like once you feel confident in like who you are and what you want, then it doesn't really matter what age you are. Yeah, definitely. And it's also when I think when it comes to me in particular, because I always tend to date older and I'd say like my sweet, my sweet spot for the age that I always go for, they're usually around four or five years older than me. So it's like, if we're doing that math, those guys are 27, they're 28. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're actually trying to look for a wife, but the next person they're with, they might want to settle down with that person. So I have it in my mind that, you know, with that age gap and how people perceive when to get married, at what age, whatever, like that's always a possibility and that could always be a conversation. Yeah. But believe me, I will be having two wedding dresses. (laughs) Like it's- 
we have to have the outfit change for every occasion, but especially that occasion. Oh, oh my gosh. I cannot. Oh, I'm going to be a bridezilla. I'm saying it now. <laughs> I'm I already know. But a self-aware bridezilla. We love the self-awareness. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have watched too many four weddings on TLC not to know. <laughs> it's like your wedding is going to be like the four weddings where you have like the <laughs> that level, but just for you. <laughs> no, but actually, I've gotten so much wedding info from there. Like, and I'm not. I'm not engaged. There is no potential. There is no candidates for this wedding, but I'm ready. Yeah. So hopefully my future fiance and husband is okay with me taking the I reins. Mean, he's going to have to be. <laughs> I can already he's tell. He's going to have to be for sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before we closed out, I wanted to play a game. And actually you teed it up really well unknowingly because I did not disclose what this game was going to be, but you were kind of talking about the people that you grew up having crushes on. And so my game was, I had to kind of play on the millennial Gen Z of it. And it was, would you date them? Millennial crush edition. And so I feel like this game is two pronged because there's like a great chance that I might name this person who I thought was so hot. And you'll be like, who? Which, in, that's fine. Honestly, I feel like that would also be hilarious. But if you know who they are, would you date them or not? And why? I am so nervous because I'm <laughs> not sure how many of these people I'm going to know. Uh, I know. So I'm going to try my best. No, but okay, honestly, I'm if ready. you don't know them, it's fine. It's like more embarrassing for me. So. <laughs> no, I feel like I should know because I'm technically, well, I'm on the cusp, not on the cusp, but yeah, okay. I will try my best. Okay, we'll see. Okay, so the first one, Troy Bolton from High School Musical. Oh, without a <laughs> doubt, that is a yes. Oh, okay, forget it. God, I'm not nervous. Because I was like, Troy Bolton was like pivotal to, I feel like, puberty back in the day. Like, even though I was probably a little too old to watch High School Musical, like Zac Efron was hot enough that I justified it. He was hot then. He's hot now. If that man, if he came into my life and proposed right now, yes. I mean, it's wild how he's like really evolved his look to just match like the preferences of like his age group of women. Like he's nailed that. (laughs) (laughs) He is consistent and consistency is key. It is. It is. Oh my God. Aging like fine wine. It's great. Okay. The next one, Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean. That was Orlando Bloom's character. You know, I do know. I've watched this movie and this franchise. And when it comes to Orlando Bloom, I wasn't attracted to him in the movie. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand why everyone was obsessed with him. Okay, that's fair. Because in Pirates of the Caribbean, I kind of got it. But I remember what I really didn't get is when Lord of the Rings came out and everyone's like, oh, my God. And I'm like... What do you mean? Like, he has this long, wispy, blonde hair. Like, what about... I mean, no shade, I guess. But, like, to me, there, I it just wasn't attractive. I'm like, no, I'm not attracted to, like, an elf. So I'm kind <laughs> of, like, on the cusp there where, like, Will Turner, I was, like, passable. But the other major Orlando Bloom role of that time just, like, went over my head. No, yeah. He's... But him and Katy Perry, though, together? Oh, my God. Chef's kiss. It's, beautiful. It's wonderful. It's so wonderful. I'm happy he found her because it wasn't going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The next one, Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter. Which character is that or what actor is that? It was Robert Pattinson. He was only in the fourth movie. He's the one who died. Spoiler alert, but it's been decades, so. (laughs) 
I have been trying to watch the first Harry Potter for the past five years. What? I have not watched it. I've never watched a full Harry Potter oh. movie from start to finish. Okay, I feel like this is the perfect month for you to do it. I feel like there's always like Harry Potter marathons always, but like especially in October, even though they're not technically Halloween movies, just because of like the magic of it. Oh, and I always I always try in October and I always <laughs> fail, which means I have not gotten to that fourth movie where oh, no, you know wait, young I Robert was. It. I actually No, 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 shoot. no. Don't worry. The internet has spoiled it for me. You <laughs> okay, are okay. okay. I was like, damn, that was a pretty big moment. So I didn't want to take No, I have you. I've waited so long. You are a okay. I don't know if I can say if I found young Robert attractive, but I will say that I was team Jacob mm, okay. for Twilight. Okay. Okay. I actually didn't watch Twilight. So again, I think I was just a little too old, maybe. Honestly, you it wasn't that great. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get canceled just for that statement. But yeah, it, it's it's okay. You said what you said. It's like one of those fanfics. Do you know what those are? Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't it a fanfic from like Fifty Shades? No, Fifty Shades was a fanfic from Twilight, right? Oh, I have no idea. I do know that there is um, a Harry Styles fanfic that I read when it was still on Wattpad, and now it's a movie on Netflix. Wow. Multiple movies. Wow. So it's called After, and if you look at the guy's tattoos and you put up a picture of Harry Styles next to him, they have the same tattoos. Okay. I have not even heard of this. I need to dig immediately after this recording. It's also not that great of a movie. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, I was, I was kind of going to assume it was more like a multitask movie. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so the next one, Ethan Kraft from Lizzie McGuire. I loved Ethan. Oh, right? oh my gosh, give me some pasta. <laughs> <laughs> he single-handedly made me fall in love with Italian men. Oh my God. <laughs> Ethan, wait a minute. I think, are you thinking of the Lizzie McGuire movie or TV show? Oh, both. Wait, I didn't know Ethan was Italian. Was he in love with pasta when they were in Italy? He was in love with pasta when they were in Italy. Maybe not on the show. Okay, I'm like maybe not as good a fan because I don't remember. I don't think I saw the movie, so I don't remember that. You didn't watch the – oh, no, no, no. I we got to do another recording with you watching it. <laughs> I need a reaction to it. I feel like I would love it, honestly. I just like – think Lizzie McGuire was so iconic for the time. So I don't know why I didn't watch it. Like there's no good reason I can point to. It just didn't happen. That movie, the final seat ending sequence, the choreography, I know it like the back of my hand. Is that the like, hey now, hey now? Yeah. Okay. With okay. Paolo and Isabella. That was so bad. I'm sorry, um, everyone. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the gusto. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so the last one to close out with, I don't even know if this was like a widespread heartthrob, but this was my favorite show at one point, and I had a huge crush on this actor, Kelso from That 70s Show. Was Kelso? Was he Ashton Kutcher? Or was he yes, the- that was Ashton Kutcher. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes. He, he was like the start of like fuckboys, wasn't he? Yes. He was such a fuckboy. Yeah, that was crazy. That was so crazy. But I just love that he's now with Mila Kunis after he portrayed her like boyfriend on TV for so long. I'm like, that's so cute. It's such a full circle moment. But you know who I'm surprised you didn't include? Who? Aaron Carter. 
You know, that's fair. I guess I was thinking more like my middle school-ish years, and I feel like I thought Aaron Carter was cute when I was like 10. So I didn't really think about him. And also, I was like, I don't think he's doing very well now. So I was like, it's a little sad to like reflect on the fact that he peaked at like 12 years old. (laughs) Yeah, he's down bad right now, but he was my first celebrity crush. I Want Candy played everywhere in my house. My parents are still triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was very cute, honestly. And I kind of like had a crush on his older brother too, because I was a Backstreet Boys fan. And so then I got to have like the more age appropriate crush also. It was like really, really great. The Carter family did a lot for my puberty. (laughs) Let's give it up for the Carters (laughs) and not Beyonce and Jay-Z. Let's go. The the lesser awarded Carters. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. Oh my gosh. Okay, Tina, this was amazing. And I can't let you go without asking, since you've had so much great information that podcast guests have shared with you, do you have one piece of advice that you would like to pass on to listeners who are still navigating their 20s? Oh, yeah, of course. There's been a lot of episodes, but I think one thing that has always been an underlying theme with each one is that you really just have to say fuck it. You have to hit the fuck it button in terms of your life, your career, your love life, all of it. Because time is not guaranteed. Mm. So you might as well do it now. And on top of that, you can't listen to outside noise because that's not going to allow you to hit the fuck button. Mm. If you keep listening to all these other people who are telling you, do you really want to do that? Do you think that's the right thing? No. If I didn't hit the fuck button and say, by saying no to a job and a role I was offered, back in March or February of this year, I would not be at my dream company right now. And I was saying that I wanted to work at this company for at least, I think, four years. And there's like references everywhere of me saying that I wanted to be in this company. So you really just have to shoot for the stars. And if you fail, like you said earlier, rejection is redirection. Something else is going to come in your path. So Just always go for it. Don't stop. That is so powerful and so true. Thank you so much. And I can't end without having you drop your Instagram handles and where people can find your podcast. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. I loved, I love talking about dating because I just <laughs> love hearing people's stories. Yeah. So this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. If you guys are trying to find where I am, all you have to do is search Tina with an H. But if you do want my direct handle, it's T-I-N-A-H dot O-G-A-L-O. That's for IG and where you can probably find me everywhere. My name's kind of unique, so it won't be <laughs> difficult. And if you want to follow the podcast or tune in, it's at In Your 20s, but it's 20s with a Y-S, not an I-E-S because that one was taken. Mm. And you can stream it wherever you listen to podcasts. Amazing. Definitely check it out. And you at the very least have to follow Tina to see her Halloween costume. So don't miss out on that. (laughs) It's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And as always, you know where you can find me. I'm at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E. And you can find the podcast on Instagram at Interstates and Heartbreak. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.